Uh, Mass Anthem will be here on Sunday morning, and they're going to be leading our worship for both services, which is going to be a fantastic time. And then that evening, they're still here, and we're going to be doing a concert for, for the community. And uh, this is something, hopefully you just heard their sound. This is something I think all ages really could enjoy this and be a part of this great time. It's a great outreach tool. It's a creative way just to point people to Christ and, uh, and have a good time together. So tickets for this go on sale next Sunday. They're only five bucks. Well, and $10 if you want to come early and meet the band and get a good seat. But uh, $5 for for general admission, and it's going to be a great time. November 17th is the date. So good morning, New Hope. I'm Ryan. If we haven't met, I'm the lead pastor here and uh, excited to be with you. As it's already been mentioned, this morning has been kind of epic. It's been just a great time of celebrating baptisms. And if you did miss it, Pastor Jake already mentioned it. It's on Facebook. Um, Instagram? Is it on Instagram? Okay, thank you. I'm new to this. So it's on Instagram, and uh, and you can check out the baptism that took place. They were pretty special. I got choked up uh, there a little bit, uh, some moments there. So it was a really good time. I also wanted to mention, uh, for those of you who are praying, Pastor Tom made it safely to India. And uh, of course, he's one of our pastors, if you don't know who he is. And he's over there training uh, pastors and seminary students and others in how to interpret the Bible, how to read the Bible, study the Bible, share it with other people. And so uh, thank you for praying for him. It's, uh, it's exciting to consider New Hope I mean, just even just this morning, having a global impact uh, through people like Tom, who's over in India, through uh, our missionary partners who are spread all around the world. And you know, it's not just global, though. It's also local. That New Hope Church, you, we as a community of people coming together, having an impact locally in our community. Because one of the things that I know about, and we don't always get the stories or hear the moments, and that's okay, is that you as individuals or families, you are showing and sharing the love of Christ throughout your, your week, every week. You're doing it at work, and you're doing it in your neighborhood, and you're doing it with your ball team, and you're, you're just doing it in all the places where you have contact with people. I just want to tell you this morning, good job. I mean, good job. As, as just one of your pastors, I'm so proud of how, how you of New Hope Church, just taking seriously this idea that, that we get to be the hands and feet of Jesus and we get to, in loving and winsome ways, show people who he is. It's interesting, in Acts chapter 10, Peter, he was, he was talking to a crowd and he was, he was introducing to this crowd of people who didn't know who Jesus was. He was introducing who Jesus was. And how he introduced him is, is fascinating. In verse 38, one of the ways that Peter described Jesus, he said, Jesus was this person who went around and he did good for all people. Isn't that a cool description? I mean, he just did good for people. And so when we serve other people, when you as a family serve other people, uh, you as a ministry serve other people, uh, or we as like Love Adelde come together corporately as a church and do this, we're being like Jesus. And that's a great thing. This is also happening on the ministry level. Do you know the caregiving team, for example, they are uh, now providing worship services at Adel Acres. And people from the caregiving team are providing the messages and music and going up there and doing ministry up there. So it's spreading all over. And uh, and I want to encourage you too, that social media kindness push, the 14 days of kindness, uh, get behind that. That's going to be an exciting thing for us to do. You know, last service, it was described that if Pastor Ryan can figure out social media, then anybody can, which was awesome, right? So um, really, but I mean, just to get on board with that and be a part of that, I think it's going to be an exciting thing. So... Okay, that said, lies that we believe. Today, we're wrapping up our sermon series. I hope you've enjoyed it. It's been, it's been four weeks now. This is our last week of looking at, well, the lies that we often believe. I mean, there's things that come at us. There's ideas that we grab a hold of, and maybe we don't even know why we grab a hold of them or when it happened, but we believe these lies, and these lies hurt us. They hurt our relationships. 
They hurt our, our faith. They, they, they hurt our workplace. And we've looked at lies we believe about God. I mean, just these, these perceptions, these ideas, these, these, these pictures that we have of who God is and God, that's not who he is at all. And lies we believe about ourselves, lies we believe about other people. And what we're looking at is we, as we expose these lies, what we want to do is we want to replace the lies with truth. So in a sense, we want to do some thinking, as we've been doing, thinking about our thinking. Because the things that you believe, the, the ways that you think, the beliefs that you have form the tracks that your life runs on. And this is what really determines the direction of your life and, and what your life entails. And so this is a, a really important thing. I hope you've been encouraged by it. Like I said, today we're going to wrap up. And so if you have your Bibles, please uh, grab there. We're going to be spending time in two different passages. So you can go to John, uh, John chapter uh, 8 and Matthew chapter 4. If you don't have the Bible, that's okay. It'll be on the screen behind. You can follow along there. I wanted to mention as you're turning there that starting next Sunday, we have a new sermon series starting. Uh, here's what it's called. It's called Prayers God Always Says Yes To. And we're going to take four Sundays and we're going to talk about prayer and the role of prayer in your life. But in the New Testament, it's really interesting. In the New Testament, God tells us four times, he gives us four different prayers. And what he says is interesting. He says, if you pray these prayers, God says, I promise I'll say yes. I promise. You just, need to, you just need to pray them. Pray them to me. I'm ready to move. I'm ready to answer. I'm ready to respond. And so for us, taking one prayer each week and just sharing through these prayers, because as you and I, we begin to adopt prayer more in our lives and live that out, but also these specific prayers, what a difference it's going to make. And so I'm excited for next time to jump into that as we, as we begin that, that journey. Back to lies that we believe. So as we've been exposing different lies, you've probably noticed that every Sunday we have the same action step. Every Sunday is the same application. It's, it's, I suppose, a little boring, but it's important. Now, if you have your bulletin, backside, first fill in the blank, here it is. Your first uh, fill in the blank, the action step was this. It's this idea that you and I, we need to combat the lie, the lies that we believe with truth. We need to combat the lies that we believe with truth. Now, there's nothing new about that. You, you've heard that already, most of you. But maybe you've been wondering, well, how do you do that? Like, what does that look like? And how do, I, how do I get victory in these areas where I just feel like I'm stumbling on the same thing over and over again and nothing changes in my life? Like, how do, how do I really see change in my life? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because this morning, what I want to give you is a simple, simple game plan. I mean, it's so simple. It's just often overlooked. We, we don't even think about it. We don't consider it. But, but, but if we take this simple game plan, and again, we apply it to our lives, the difference it's going to make is, is really remarkable. So here, here's the big idea for this morning. Here's the way the game plan really is, is going to be wrapped around this idea. Here it is. It's that you and I, we all need to renew our minds. We need to renew our minds. Now, if you're wondering this morning, like, well, what does that mean? I don't understand what you're even talking about. Well, well here's the idea. So what we see in Scripture over and over and over again is that God both, both teaches and demonstrates how he wants to work in people's lives, in their daily lives, their everyday lives, to help people become more like his son Jesus. In, in their thoughts, in their words, in their attitudes, in their actions. Essentially, your character. 
That he doesn't want to leave you the way you are. He loves you as you are, but, but he wants to help transform and change you to become more like his son. Now, this process is what we call, and what we just talked about, of renewal. And so what it means is that we go through a process, the Lord leads us through a process where we get rid of certain things and we put on other things. Or for our thinking now, we get rid of some of the thinking that we are used to, the habits we've formed, and we replace that with other things, namely truth, truth from Scripture. That's the way it works, this renewal process. As the Lord renews us, he helps us to become more like Jesus. And here's why. Your next fill in the blank, it's this, that a renewed mind results in a transformed heart. That you and I become different. As your thinking changes, who you are changes. That's what the Lord wants to accomplish in your life. Now we see it in scripture. So let's, actually I, I skipped this one. Romans chapter 12 verse 2. Let me slip this one in. Because here's where it talks about it. Here's what Paul says. He says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Let me pause here real quick. What that means, that word conform means to, to press into a mold, to shape. And so Paul's saying, look, don't, don't be conformed. And that has to do with outward. Just kind of your, your, your patterns of behavior, how you talk, how you live, the choice you make, that kind of thing. Do not conform or be pressed into this mold any longer to the ways or the pattern of this world, but rather be transformed, and here it is, by the renewing of your mind. And that word transformed is interesting because that word means, and it's translated literally from the Greek to English, metamorphosis. We know that word. An easy illustration that's often used is the caterpillar to butterfly illustration. That you have qualitatively something different. That, that we were this way and now we're this way. And we celebrate that even this morning in baptisms of four people who stood up here publicly in front of a whole lot of people. And through the video just said, look, this is who I was and this is what I struggle with. And this is where I was at in life. But Jesus showed up and I can't explain it. I don't even know that I deserve it. But he just changed my life and now I'm like this. That's metamorphosis. That's transformation. That's what God wants to do in our lives. Again, how does he do it? By the renewing of your mind. The verse goes on. It says, then, when this happens, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good and perfect will. In other words, you will, you will know God and you're going to know his ways. So, so Paul is saying, to pull this all, to, <clears throat> all together, he's saying, look, <clears throat> stop mindlessly just, just being like everybody else. Stop mindlessly just being pressed into the mold of the ways of this world. Be different. Renew your mind. Take off all the junk that we hold on to and the lies that we believe. Set those aside. Get rid of them and get into the truth of God's word so that God can change your life and, can, and renew you. Now Jesus talks about this and then he also modeled it. So I want to take you first to where he talks about this. So John chapter 8. Remember I mentioned that before. That's where we're at now. Jesus is in this setting. He's with a bunch of people. And he's, he's talking to this crowd. And the crowd is, is really kind of combative. They're coming at him in this whole chapter. The whole sense of the, the conversation is about Jesus' identity. And Jesus is trying to explain who he is. But some of the crowd's not getting it. And some of the crowd's probably confused. And others, they do believe. They're, they're tracking with him. In the middle of this conversation, Jesus does something really interesting. He stops, he turns his attention to just one of those groups of people, and he begins to talk to them. And he says something really interesting. Look with me at verse 31. 
It says, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, and here's this is so significant. He said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. You're my followers. It's not if you say you're my follower. In other words, what he's saying here is followers of Jesus will be followers of Scripture. The God's word, that they need to be in there. And so when you do, now look with me at verse 32. He keeps going to the crowd. He says, then when you do this, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You will, you will know the truth. In other words, you're going to think differently. And the truth will set you free. Or you, that means you will live different. This is significant. That, that as, we, as we get into truth, as we get into Scripture, God renews our mind. See, God's will is to use God's word to transform you, to renew you. This is what he wants to do. This is significant. Now, so Jesus talked about it, but I think even more significantly, Jesus modeled it, like in his own life. So now in Matthew chapter 4, if you go ahead and turn there, if you would, please, you can, of course, follow along on the screen behind. But in Matthew 4, Jesus is, is led by the Holy Spirit, as we're going to see here in just a moment, out into the desert. So he's remote. He's completely by himself. And in this place, the Holy Spirit leads him out there and then leads him to fast for 40 days and 40 nights. And, and when that happens, near, near the end there, the, the evil one, Satan, shows up and begins to tempt Jesus. Many of you are familiar with this passage. This is the setting that we have. Look with me at Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. That's an understatement, right? Verse 3. And the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God. Now, I want to pause here real quick because in the Greek, it could be translated if, but maybe some of your translations say since. Since you are the son of God. The, the idea here is that, that Satan knows exactly who Jesus is. There, there's no mystery here to this. The, the devil knows. And so he's essentially saying, since you're the son of God, since this is who, who you are, and he continues on, he says, tell these stones to become bread. Now remember, Jesus, 40 days, 40 nights, no food. He's hungry. And so here's the temptation of Satan. He's simply saying, you know, obviously you're hungry. And since you're the son of God, why don't you, why don't you do something? Why don't you go ahead and take care of your own needs? I know maybe this fasting thing was part of God's will, but come on, 40 days. That's a long time. You can do this. You're Jesus. So just, I don't know, bippity-boppity-boo and turn the stones into muffins or something. Like, do something because you can do it. And so there's the, the temptation that he gives. But look what, look what Jesus does. It says, Jesus responded, verse 4, Jesus answered, it is written. No, no, what do you mean, it is written? Well, he's going back to the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 8. He says, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. What did Jesus do? When the temptation came and when the lie was there, you and I, we know exactly what this is like in our daily lives. When that lie presents itself, presented itself to Jesus, how did he respond? He goes back to Scripture and he quotes Scripture. Here's the principle. Here's the game plan. This is it. This next idea. If you get nothing else this morning, this is what I want you to get. Your next fill in the blank, it's this idea. Counter each specific lie with specific truth from God's word. 
There it is. Counter each specific lie with specific truth from the Bible. That's the game plan. That's, that's the system, if you will, that the Lord has set up for you and I to combat the lies that we face in our daily lives. And so you hear, you hear again, you have Satan coming in the lie. The temptation is you deserve. You deserve to be able to meet your needs. But Jesus combats that with truth from Deuteronomy 8 again. And essentially Jesus, to paraphrase him, he says, look, I, I am going to obey God and trust him to meet my needs. That's what I'm going to do. We see it again. Jesus was tempted three times. Here's the second, verse 5. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. Verse 6. If, or again, since you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written. Now, this is interesting, isn't it? The devil is going to quote the Bible. That's kind of wild. But this is how sneaky he is, and, and he's actually he's going to get it quite wrong, but we'll get to that in a moment. So he says, for it is written, and Satan goes in, he says, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands. Now, if you are reading Psalm 91, verses 11 and 12, where this comes from, there's, a, there's, there's more scripture in there that Satan just takes that and throws that in the trash. He just keeps going, so he miss, he's twisting it, he's omitting words here. Uh, um, he said, so he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. What's he doing here? Well, the lie, the temptation is, is Jesus, since you're the son of God, prove yourself. Do something remarkable. Jesus, you're always going around and you kind of hid your identity for so long. I mean, you invested in your disciples and you healed people and you did stuff, but you, you could do so much more than that. I mean, come on, let's have a show. Prove yourself. Do something amazing. Do something remarkable. Thing is, you know this temptation too, don't you? You know this lie. It shows up in lots of different ways. It's in phrases like this. If you were a real man, you would fill in the blank. Uh, if, if you're really successful, then you will fill in the blank. And the list goes on and on. Prove yourself. Prove yourself. More specifically, prove yourself, and if, even if it requires compromise, that's okay. Be great. Even if you've got to cut some corners, that, that's okay. This is something, it doesn't matter the age. This, I don't have to tell. I mean, this is middle school, isn't it? This is high school. This is college. This is adulthood. This is the stuff that we all get tempted with. That temptation to compromise, to cut a corner, and again, to prove yourself. Well, what did Jesus do? Again, he countered the specific lie with a specific truth from Scripture. Look with me at verse 7. Jesus answered him, it is written. Let's go back to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Essentially saying, look, I, I'm not going to test God and I'm not going to uh, disobey my heavenly Father just to try to put on a show for you. I'm not going to do it. But he uses Scripture to refute it. Look with me, last one. Satan, one last time, trying to tempt Jesus to disobey his father. Verse 8, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. Verse 9, he says, all this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. This one's interesting because here you have the, the evil one takes Jesus up, shows him all the kingdoms of the world. You guys, any of us in this temptation, how tempting would this be? We give so much of our lives to building our kingdom and to gaining this and that and to be something. And this is, the offer was on the table for Jesus. 
it's all yours. The prince of this world says, I'll give you the keys to it all. All of it. I ask one thing. One small little price tag. And the price tag is simply this, that you would even just for a second bend your knee before me and worship me. That's all Satan asked. Just just for one moment, that's all I need. And if you'll do that, I'll give you the keys to it all. There's the lie. There's the temptation that comes to Jesus. And again, what does Jesus do? Let me tell you what he doesn't do. He doesn't reason with the, with the evil one, doesn't, doesn't play or entertain the lie. He doesn't engage with it. He doesn't rationalize. He doesn't, doesn't do any of that. Try to outsmart it. Jesus, once again, third time, you know how this is going to work. He responds with a specific scripture to combat the specific lie. Verse 10, Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, Deuteronomy chapter 6, worship the Lord your God and serve him there it is. Jesus saying, look, I, I'm not going to compromise and I'm not going to worship anyone other than my heavenly father. See, we see it again and again. The same refrain, it is written, it is written, it is written. That's the game plan. Counter a specific lie with a specific truth. And so I have a challenge for you this morning. Here's the challenge. Ushers, if you would kind of, not kind of, if you would grab the sheets, please. I have a gift for you today. And so in just a moment, they're going to be coming down and giving you one of these. Also, the band, you can come on up if you would at this time. All right, hopefully you're getting one now, and, and um, here, here's the game plan. Simply put, the, the game plan that you need is we have this idea of countering a specific lie with a specific truth, is that you and I, we need to memorize Scripture. Now, I know I lost, a lot about, I lost about half of you right when I said that, right? Because some of you are like, uh-uh, check out. Like, I don't even know what I had for dinner last night. Like, what do you mean memorize Bible verses? Like, I can't do that. There's just no way I can do that. And I want to just tell you this morning, encourage you, yes, you can. Yes, you can, because what we need, what you and I need is to get in the hard drive of our heart and our mind truth. Because you know the temptation doesn't make an appointment. It just shows up. It shows up throughout your day when you're driving and it's that commercial, it's that billboard, it's that magazine, it's that moment, it's that thought, it's that thing that happens and all of a sudden it's upon you. Are you ready to combat it? Are you ready to say something back to it? Or are you just going to fall victim to it? See, we need to be preemptive and prepare and this is how we do it. We get scripture and truth onto, into our heart and into our minds. So here's my double dog dare for everyone here this morning is that you would take this sheet. If you'll notice on the green side, you've already been looking at it. There are 18 different lies mentioned here. Lies like, like God has forgotten me. I, I can't survive this hurt. I shouldn't have to suffer. I'm pretty big stuff. The list goes on and on. And I want to encourage you this morning to pick two, just two. 
Two lies that you feel like either you're just dealing with now or, or maybe ones that you want to learn. And there's truth, a scripture verse for every corresponding lie. And then here's what I'd like to ask you to do. There's two verse memory cards here. So on the side that has the New Hope emblem that you would take a moment and you would, whichever verse or verses you pick, that you would put those on here. And that you would memorize these verses. And maybe your card will look something like this. Let's just pick the first one there. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. You can put a little title up there if it helps you. The idea, here's the truth. The truth is God has not forgotten you. I know how you feel. I know the lie that rattles around our minds, but he hasn't forgotten you. And here's the verse. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Yeah, but I feel like God isn't there. No. The truth is he will never leave you or forsake you. And you learn it. And you reflect on it. And you memorize it. You pray it back to God. God, I thank you that you, have, you will never leave me or forsake me. I thank you that you're present. And no matter how I feel, the truth is you're with me. You guys, this is survival. I'm not exaggerating. We need this. Because otherwise, we're going to fall victim over and over again to the lies that we keep stumbling upon over and over again. This is how we get victory. So pick two. Memorize them. If you're in a small group, as a small group, go, go through them. Share your cards um, with, with a family around the dining tables. Pass around your cards. Say, quiz me. I, you know, these are the ones I'm working on. Do this together. Do this with others. Make it fun. It, just, it really it comes down to good old-fashioned discipline, doesn't it? That's the bottom line what it is. But, but again, I just want to encourage you to do this because as you do, God will begin to renew your heart as you put truth into your mind. Psalm 119, verse 11. One of the earliest verses I memorized as a kid. I have hidden your word in my heart. Memorize scripture. Why? So that I might not sin against you. We, you, you can do this. We can do this. I can't wait to hear the stories of how God works as you begin to get Scripture into your life, into your heart, replacing the lies with truth. This is what we need. We pray together, and then we're going to worship. Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for the baptisms. Thank you for the celebration that was. And now, Lord, for each of us, Father, that we would, we would end our days of, of tripping over the same stuff over and over again. And I pray that for each of us that we begin to get some victory as, as we replace the lies with truth. Lord, you are truth. And we need to hear from you. And we thank you for scripture. We thank you for the Bible that provides that for us. And so, Lord, as, as men and women, boys and girls, take this step and they commit to two verses, even this week, I pray that you would do a remarkable work in lives. We pray this in Jesus' name.